From Largo to Seminole, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. And a good morning to you, the penultimate day of the work week. And in, well, almost in the midst of tropical storm weather coming our way here, tropical storm Nicole. Uh, So far, not much rain out there this morning, although it is raining a little bit, but it could get much heavier later on today. It feels great outside, though. Oh, yeah. 67 degrees. Yep, feels good. I didn't have to wear a jacket or anything. Perfect temperature, just don't like the wind and the rain. But if we could keep that temperature in the morning, I would be oh, so that happy would with be that. nice. I think we've got it. Well, there's going to be a cold front coming through. We will get temperatures for about two days. I don't know. Now it might be next week in the uh, low 70s. Ooh. That'll be sweet overnight in the upper 50s. But we'll have to wait and see if that actually takes place now. Right now, of course... It's uh, Tropical Storm Nicole, and counties under state of emergency throughout the state, including around here, Citrus and DeSoto and Hillsboro, Manatee, Seminole, Sarasota, Pasco, and Polk. And um, hurricane season comes to an end at the end of this month, and course um this is probably going to be the last storm we get this year it's been a pretty easy year to say the least but nevertheless we've got to get through this tropical storm in order to complete the season and uh, a lot of schools off today and if you uh, go to school you might want to check with yours to see I had a list here somewhere of the schools that were... A lot of them are closed. ...shutting down for today. Yeah, I know I think, Hernando, Pasco, Hillsborough is definitely closed today. I think everyone's just trying to play it safe after Ian because that was so unpredictable and people didn't get out that I think everyone's just trying to play it safe and close down today, which I don't think is a bad move. Yeah, I did have... I thought I had... We'll find that list. A list of the schools that are being shut down today. Let's see. I see Manatee, oh, Sarasota, Citrus. Yeah, we've got uh, Hardy County District are, is closed. They were closed yesterday, too. Hernando County is closed today. Uh, schools closed yesterday and today in Highlands County. And in Hillsborough County, uh, classes canceled today. And they're already canceled Friday in Hillsborough County. They uh, make Veterans Day a holiday. So, so that day was already closed. So kids really just got a three-day work- school week this week. Yeah. I don't think the students are did. too sad. And Pasco, all counties, schools closed today. Uh, Pinellas County, well, closed yesterday and for the remainder of the week. So that's today and tomorrow. And in Polk County, uh, let's see, school canceled today. And Sarasota County, um, let's see. Well, it doesn't say what they're doing about today. It talked about yesterday. uh, They're going to be closed closed. on Thursday. Sarasota County closed closed on Thursday. Yeah, I would assume since the storm is going to be over us the next uh, few hours. Or actually, next uh, day or day and a half. Yeah. Chances oh. are, if you're in any surrounding county, your child's school is not open yeah. today. Oh, yeah, not today. So you got to be the babysitter. Yes, indeed. Katie's available to babysit. This is, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is kind of like up north. Kids loved it when you had heavy snow. And oh, I loved a good snow day. They shut down the schools, and you had a day off to go out and play in the snow. When I lived up there, I loved a good snow day. And we had also, where I lived in southern West Virginia, we had the 
Guyandot River, as it was called, and it used to flood occasionally. Oh, so that closed schools? We'd get out of school. <laughs> the only thing that was stressful about school closings, at least where I lived up north, is the delay. So you'd turn on the news and it would be like, okay, school's delayed an hour. So you'd sit around and wait an hour and then it'd be like, okay, we're going to delay it another hour. And you're like, okay, I'll sit here with my backpack for another hour. And then they'd call off school. So the first two oh. hours was just sitting there watching the news, waiting to see what was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway... The impact doesn't seem to be as bad as we thought it was going to be, but there is still going to be an impact of heavy winds and some heavy rain coming later on, but it should all be ending by this evening. It's 5-11, time to check in with John Thomas and see how traffic is dealing with our quick takes ripping through the biggest news stories of the day in record time providing you all you need to know this is am tampa bay with jack harris chris trinkman here from the newsroom and what's going on this morning chris good morning jack hurricane nicole has been downgraded to a tropical storm after the category one hurricane came ashore this morning south of vero beach with maximum sustained winds of 75 miles per hour. It's the first hurricane to make landfall in the U.S. in November in four decades. So 38,000 customers right now without power, mostly in Indian River and Brevard counties. Here in the Bay Area, strong bands from the storm sweeping across the region, so you can expect some tropical storm strength wind gusts and some heavy downpours throughout the day. And it could affect uh, traffic this morning, obviously, as people trying to drive into work with some pretty poor conditions on the roads. Oh yeah, undoubtedly, and I just hope that we don't have to go through any power outages on this side of the state. Let's and, hope not. Yeah, because uh, that can be the worst thing to happen is when you lose all your power, and uh, so far it hadn't been too bad. I mean, a little windy and of course some rain, but pretty light, and it is gonna get heavier but the good thing is it should all be over by this evening. No major power outages so far in our region, Jack. Most of the trouble is on the East Coast, which, you know, naturally is where the storm hits. So you would expect that. Now, it's a big storm in the sense that some of the bands that were spinning around the rather disorganized eye of the storm stretch across the peninsula, reaching, you know, the Orlando area and north and then all the way south to Fort Myers. And unfortunately for them, I saw some severe winds and rain hitting Fort Myers as one of the outer oh, bands brother. is passing through. They Probably the worst. Yeah, I mean, that's the worst part of the state for, for a place to get hit with some of the uh, strongest parts of the storm. So hopefully they're going to be doing okay. But with all those blue tarps on the roof, uh, that's the last thing they need. Oh, yeah. Let's hope it stays north of there, for goodness sake. So Donald Trump's riding out the hurricane at Mar-a-Lago. Even though mandatory evacuation orders were in effect for the Atlantic coast, that includes the resort where he lives in Palm Beach County. The former president, though, has some other storms to deal with. That is the hurricane of controversy following the midterm election results. Some within Trump's own party blaming him for the poor showing by many Republicans on election night. It's unclear if Trump is going to move forward as scheduled with uh, this big announcement that he planned for November 14th. Many people are assuming that he's going to announce for president. Some within his party have told him to back off or at least delay it following the midterm elections to wait for the results to come in because we still don't know the balance of power in Washington right now as they're counting votes in some states like Nevada and Arizona. Yeah, the um, the House is pretty much going to be controlled by the Republicans, but right now it's a toss-up as to the Senate. And we're not going to find out until December 10th when they have the runoff in Georgia in all probability. Well, here's the situation in Arizona. You, you know, Republicans could take control of the Senate if they win the, the races out west that are still being counted. As of this morning in Arizona, Democrat Mark Kelly leads Republican Blake Masters by about 95,000 votes, but they only have 70% counted. So quite a few votes left to count, and that result could change. In Nevada, it's the same situation. The Republican, Adam Laxalt, leaves, leads Democrat Catherine Cortez Masto by 20,000 votes, but they only have 79% counted. And so the uh, places where they're still getting in votes could change the whole 
look of the election. So it's too early to judge based on where these two, where these four candidates stand at, at this point. But that could uh, affect whether there's going to be a, any impact of the runoff in Georgia. Because if that's decided in the Republicans' favor in Nevada and Arizona, it's over for the Democrats. Yeah, for sure. But otherwise, we'll wait till December 10th and see what the outcome of that one is going to be and how Herschel Walker does. Yeah, that's right. And he's very much in it because the runoff will be just him and Raphael Warnock. No yeah. other candidates to, to siphon off votes. Yeah, that's the reason neither of them got 50%, which you've got to have to be a winner. Yeah, they had a uh, no-party affiliation guy who, who got about 2.5%, which was enough to prevent the other two candidates from reaching the required 50%. Yeah, that's for sure. You know, for all the talk of uh, the the poor showing by Republicans, they may end up controlling both houses anyway, which was the goal after all, right? And that's what, exactly what everybody expected. Yeah, They thought it was going to be a broad sweep by the republicans and it didn't happen yeah i think the only issue if republicans take control anyway is that they won't have the uh, same mandate they, they might have had if they had gotten 20 30 or 40 seats flipped yeah. in their favor uh, and and what it does is it allows some of the uh, uh trump allied republicans like matt gates and marjorie taylor green to have a bigger say in what uh, the leadership of the republican party does in the house but that's still too early to call. They're not saying if the House will be controlled by Republicans. But if you look at the numbers, in all likelihood, it seems like they will do so. Yeah. So the Bucks leave today for a historic game overseas. Tampa Bay and Seattle will play on Sunday in the NFL's first regular season game ever held in Germany. So... The Bucks uh, won't be here, but you could go over to, to Ray J and just tailgate by yourself, you know, <laughs> there you go. and pretend that they're there. <laughs> yeah, how do we get screwed out of a home game being played in Munich, of all places? You know, I've been to Munich before, but I've never even seen a stadium or anything there. Are they going to even notice that the Bucks are there? <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, do they have fans in that country? I don't even know. I mean, I know that the World Cups, you know, going to go on, and that they care yeah. about that. Oh, that, they're big into that. How does the NFL? That's what fit they in? call football over there. That's right. I mean, you got the actual football, and then the American football. I I just don't know, Jack. I mean, last year, if you remember, the Buccaneers were requiring season ticket buyers to buy this season and next season. Uh, if they wanted to get seats at the stadium, meaning they get Tom Brady for one more year, and then next year, who knows? Yeah. But I don't think they mentioned in the uh, sales pitch that they were going to take a home game out and send it off to Germany. In fact, yeah. I don't know if the, those tickets include any of the uh, the any uh, of the games that are out of the country. That's like an extra uh, trip. You'd have to pay for that and then pay for the ticket on top of that. Yeah, I can't wait to see what the turnout is going to be for this one. They played in England, and in England they've done fairly well for uh, yeah. crowds, but Munich, Germany. <laughs> well, wasn't there speculation, Jack, that because the, the Glazers own the team and they own uh, Manchester United, that they would just move the whole thing over to England? <laughs> just have <laughs> the Bucks play in London. About that. <laughs> the London Buccaneers. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. you got to get up at, what, 9 o'clock or something to see the game? I mean, it's it's on at a weird time. Yeah, 9.30 and, uh, is when it starts. <laughs> yeah. So maybe they'll have like Wiener Schnitzels at the uh, stadium, <laughs> some bratwursts. You know, it could be could be a fun uh, time. Good old German and beer. Yeah, well they'll have the beer. Plenty that's, of beer. That's <laughs> the key to Germany. That's for sure. That's, maybe they maybe they'll serve it in the fourth quarter too. That's what I did in Munich: is go to the beer halls. <laughs> <laughs> and Chris will have more coming up here in seven minutes at the bottom of the hour. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Jack. It's 523 on AM Tampa Bay, and time to check in with John Thomas and our wet traffic. Live on 99.1 FM in Pasco County, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. 526 on AM Tampa Bay, and if you want to offer any comments on Nicole in your area, give us a call at 800 969 Nine three five two, or you can text us at eight two nine four five. And again, James, explain the uh, app. We have our talkback feature on our free iHeartRadio app. If you download it from your app store, it's free. You can hear us in crystal clear sound wherever you go. But we've got a microphone on that app. When you're streaming us, tap it, 
It'll take you to a message record screen. Hit record, record a message up to 30 seconds, and you could send it right to us. Sounds like a good idea. We want to hear from you on Impact of the Storm, wherever you are right now. If you want to test it right now, we can test it. Yeah, we'll do it. Send us a message. Yes, send a message with uh, your iHeart app, and we'll check it out here. By the way, this is a story that Katie found here. Researchers used artificial intelligence to study the medical data of hundreds of thousands of volunteer to estimate how long a human can live. And considering age, illness, and lifestyle, they say 150 is as long as anyone could live. Huh. I see. The, I was just reading something that the oldest living person in the U.S. just celebrated their 115th birthday. Wow. Her yeah. name's Bessie, and she lives in Lake City, Iowa, at a care facility, and she's 115. She turned 115 on November 7th. So maybe she's gonna maybe she's gonna live to be 150. And the world's oldest was in France, a woman who died in 1997 at the age of 122. 122 years old. But they say that drugs could be theoretically letting people live for up to 200 years. What kind of drugs are we talking about? They're being tested now. Yeah. Um. I don't know what that might be. I'm hoping not the drugs that make people drive so slow. <laughs> you can live to be 200, but you're going to drive extra slow. I think I'd rather go at a normal time. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Especially well, at the way things are going lately. Yeah. It's 529 on AM Tampa Bay. Keeping you up on what's trending. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And at 5.37, what's trending this morning, Katie? Well, we're kicking it off with some national days, as we always do. Today is National Vanilla Cupcake Day, which is a day I can get behind. Yeah, I like that. I'd say usually when I have the choice between chocolate and vanilla cupcakes, depending on the frosting on top, I usually go for vanilla. Well, I'll take, uh, well, yeah, I like the vanilla cupcake, but I... I, I like the chocolate frosting. Yeah, I'm with you, Jack. I'm if you with can you. put the chocolate frosting on the vanilla cupcake, because you can't do it the other way around, right? Nobody wants a chocolate cupcake with vanilla frosting. That's boring. No, no. The vanilla cupcake with chocolate frosting, superior. Yeah, I like uh, chocolate frosting and chocolate mm. milk and chocolate everything, but <laughs> I, I don't care that much for a chocolate cupcake. That's I mean, right. I'll eat it, but. Other than my mom's chocolate cupcakes that are filled, I'm usually not a chocolate cupcake fan. Yeah. Today is also the United States Marine Corps' birthday. Oh, yeah. The Marine Corps' birthday. Got that in our Today in History, as a matter of fact. Yes. And the Marine Corps has certainly made an impact on American history. It sure did. From sea to shining sea. Well, that's another song. (laughs) (laughs) But they have made it. To the shores of Tripoli. So From there, the halls of Montezuma. There you go. That's yeah. It. So there's a new dessert spot open in St. Pete called the Cereal Bar Adventures in Ice Cream. And there's a place like this in Tampa, too, called Oh Yeah Creamery. But basically, the concept here is you pick an ice cream base. So you pick if you want strawberry, vanilla, or chocolate. And then you get to choose between a huge variety of cereals. And then they mix it in the ice cream. And not like a milkshake, but they create it like into the ice cream so then you the ice cream comes out and you have a flavor of whatever you want and you kind of just get to create your own ice cream so if you want apple jacks ice cream they crunch up the little bits and then they put it in the cream and it comes out in your ice cream what comes out i mean what's it's just regular ice cream but you say apple jacks are you talking about cracker jacks apple jack cereal Oh, Apple Jack cereal. But you can choose between anything. They have a huge wall of cereal. So what's your favorite? Cinnamon Toast Crunch. You yeah. Could, it would crush it up into little bits, put it in the cream, and then it comes out in ice cream form. Hmm. So it would be like Cinnamon Toast Crunch ice cream. It'd be really I'll good. i try that sometime. I think the concept of this is really cool because there's just like endless options. Then there's toppings you can add, you know, if you want a sauce or something on top of your ice cream, like a strawberry sauce or a chocolate sauce or 
whatever. It just creates an endless option of dessert options for you if you like to try something new. I don't know. I think it's pretty cool. I mean, obviously, you could get ice cream and sprinkle some Cinnamon Toast Crunch on it, but this gets it inside the cream and into the ice cream, and I just think that's really What's cool. the weirdest cereal out there that you think we could put in the ice cream? I don't know. Like, I was trying to think about that, too. Raisin Bran? Yeah, Raisin Bran would raisin be bran. weird. Yeah. yeah, because it wouldn't be super sweet, special right? Special K. Ugh, special yeah. K, yeah. The healthy options, I think. Like, if you blend up regular Cheerios and put it in an ice cream, it's not going to add any delicious flavor to the it. The only way it to make Cheerios taste good is dumping a whole thing of sugar on it. Oh, yeah. I love a good bowl of Cheerios. sugar and green. I've always liked like the really basic cereals like Chex, Cheerios, and I don't need sugar. My mom's like that too. She puts a huge spoonful of sugar on it. I like the bland cereals. Oh no. Can't handle that. It's five forty one on AM Tampa Bay and John Thomas working with our rainy traffic. From the Moss Nissan Traffic Center, on our roads are major interstates, I-4, I-75, I-275. Traffic is moving without any major delays. We do have reports of strong winds coming over the Sunshine Skyway Bridge, so take care coming over the bridge. This traffic report is sponsored by Mattress Firm. Kickstart the season with dreamy deals at the Black Friday sale. Get a king bed for a queen price and save up to $700 on select mattresses from top brands. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying purchase. Shop in-store or at mattressfirm.com. John Thomas, News Radio WFLA. Now, taking a look back at this day in history on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And this day in history is presented by the Duncan Duo. Today in history, November 10th, 1702, English colonists under the command of James Moore besieged Spanish St. Augustine during Queen Anne's War. 1766, the last colonial governor of New Jersey, William Franklin, signed the charter of Queens College, uh, later renamed Rutgers University. 1775, the U.S. Marine Corps is founded at Tun Tavern in Philadelphia by Samuel Nicholas. So a happy birthday to the U.S. Marine Corps today which we have a lot of Marines that uh, are part of MacDill Air Force Base. 1821, Cry of Independence by Rufina Alfaro at La Villa de los Santos, Panama, setting into motion a revolt which led to Panama's independence from Spain and to immediately becoming a part of Colombia. 1865, Major Henry Wurz, the superintendent of a prison camp in Andersonville, Georgia, is hanged, becoming one of only three American Civil War soldiers executed for war crimes. 1871, Henry Morton Stanley located missing explorer and missionary Dr. David Livingston in Ujiji near Lake Tanganyika, famously greeting him with the words, Dr. Livingstone, I presume. 1898, beginning of the Wilmington Insurrection of 1898, the only instance of a municipal government being overthrown in history. 1910, the date of Thomas A. Davis' opening of the San Diego Army and Navy Academy although the official founding date is November 23rd in 1910. 1944, the ammunition ship USS Mount Hood explodes at Seedler Harbor, Manus Admiralty Islands, killing at least 132, or 432, 432 and wounding 371. That was one of our ships. 1951, with a rollout of the North American Numbering Plan, direct dial coast-to-coast telephone service begins in the U.S. 1954, U.S. President Dwight Eisenhower dedicated the USMC War Memorial, that's the Iwo Jima Memorial in Arlington Ridge Park in Arlington County, Virginia. That's the... um, Arlington Memorial Park, of course, that so many people visit. 
And, I mean, that's a classic thing. You can see it from the highway at um, Iwo Jima Memorial. 1958, the Hope Diamond is donated to the Smithsonian Institute by the New York diamond merchant Harry Winston. 1969, National Education Television, predecessor to the Public Broadcasting Service, debuts Sesame Street. Which is still on. Yeah. 1970, the Vietnam War, the Vietnamization for the first time in five years, an entire week ends with no reports of American combat fatalities in Vietnam. 1970, Luna 17 unmanned space mission launched by the Soviet Union. 1972, Southern Airways Flight 49 from Birmingham, Alabama is hijacked and at one point is threatened with crashing into the nuclear installation at the Oak Ridge National Laboratory. And after two days, the plane lands in Havana where the hijackers were jailed by Fidel Castro. In 1975, the 729-foot-long freighter Edmund Fitzgerald sinks during a storm on Lake Superior killing all 29 on board. 1983, Bill Gates introduces Windows 1.0. 89, Germans begin to tear down the Berlin Wall. Uh, Let's see. 2002, Veterans Day weekend tornado outbreak from Ohio to the Gulf Coast, one of the largest recorded in November and the strongest in Van Wert, Ohio. And let's see, in 2006, the National Museum of the Marine Corps in Quantico, Virginia, is opened and dedicated by President George W. Bush. And finally, in 2008, over five months after landing on Mars, NASA declares the Phoenix mission concluded after communications with the lander were lost. And that's our Today in History presented by the Duncan Duo. Get your career booming by being a part of the number one real estate team in Florida. Visit now, jointheduo.com. It's 5.50 and time to check in with John Thomas and traffic. On air and online at wflanews.com. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And at 5:53 on AM Tampa Bay, we're joined by Rory O'Neill, our NBC News Radio reporter. And uh, Rory, you're in Florida now, and of course you're going to be experiencing some of the impact of uh, Hurricane Nicole. Where are you, by the way? What part of Florida? I'm just up I-4 in Orlando. Oh, okay. Well, a little heavier. Yeah, we're getting walloped pretty good already. We've got wind gusts over 50 miles per hour and a lot of rain. And, you know, I think the real fear with this storm, though, is the beach erosion that was caused by Hurricane Ian, I think exactly six weeks ago. We've got a lot of vulnerable buildings right now in Volusia County. They've evacuated a couple dozen buildings, including condo towers, they're afraid that, you know, the surf will come along, knock out the pool deck of a condo tower. If you do that, then uh, it could bring down the whole building. Like, that's what happened in Surfside. Oh, you know, yeah. It was the pool deck that collapsed and brought down the Surfside condo tower. They're afraid the same could happen in places like Daytona Beach Shores and Wilbur-by-the-Sea, which is near Daytona. Yeah, and, of course, the impact won't be nearly as bad here, between getting from Orlando to here, it's going to weaken somewhat. Right. It's already down to a tropical storm. It came ashore as a Category 1 hurricane just south of Vero Beach around 3 o'clock this morning. I'm not sure if you can hear the wind gusts. It's getting pretty good outside right now. But, uh, yeah, we should start seeing conditions improve here in the early afternoon hours, obviously a couple hours later for you. This storm is going to then head up toward the Big Bend and into Georgia and the Carolinas uh, on Friday. So this is gonna, it's moving at a pretty good clip, but still it's dumping more rain on a part of Florida that doesn't need any more rain. Yeah, we haven't gotten quite to the max of it yet. That should be happening a little later on today. And 
Um, it should all be over by this evening, although we may still have a little rain remaining. But as far as the... Right. Uh, We're all curious to see, you know, when the sun comes up, what the beaches look like in the, in the Daytona, Volusia, Brevard areas. The other thing we are keeping an eye on, you know, NASA has that huge new rocket sitting out there at the launch pad. It's supposed to be designed to withstand wind gusts up to 85 miles per hour. There were some pretty strong winds near that amount, so uh, we'll get a damage assessment from NASA later today, too. Yeah, they had moved it to where it was going to be launched, I think it was last week, and right. they were considering moving it back where it would be safer as far as the storm, but they decided to go on and leave it there, and apparently it went through the storm okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a, obviously it's a pretty big rocket and it, uh, it should fare pretty well. You know, the concern is you actually do a lot of damage to the rocket or, well, not damage. Let's just say the process of moving it on that crawler, that causes a lot of vibration. And, you know, that vibrations aren't the best thing to happen for these electronic devices. In some cases, you know, you may be better off just leaving it at the pad, which is what the decision was. Yeah. Well, we'll have to see how it, plays out here when it finishes off we haven't gotten to the peak of it here in the tampa bay area yet and we're expecting some beach erosion and a few things like that but not nearly as bad yeah, as stay what home you if you can i4 275 it's probably going to get pretty ugly today so if you can work from home or stay at home i know a lot of the school districts are already canceled yeah. in the tampa bay area so if you can stay off the roads yeah all the schools are canceled for today and okay uh, Tomorrow, Hillsborough County is off for Veterans Day, so they've got a, ah. what turns out to be a very long weekend. Well, well, the theme parks should reopen starting this afternoon, so if you need to drag the kids somewhere. <laughs> Make it to the theme parks. Rory O'Neill, our NBC News radio reporter on Twitter, at Radio Rory, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Jack. It's 5.57 on AM Tampa Bay. Bloomberg Radio. From Palm Harbor to Valrico, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. And it's AM Tampa Bay, as always, bedizened with information, a little entertainment along the way. And it is the penultimate day of the work week Thursday with Jack Harris, Katie Bacino, and James Berlander. And our number 800-969-9352 if you want to get on board here. Got a bunch of birthdays to report. Uh, Christy Knight used to be right down the hall here. Oh. Isn't anymore, but used to be. Larry Baisden, Frank Cisneros, Trent Papello, John Erb, Jackie Silla, Tom Palermo, Christopher Lagori, Rick Castro. Wow, you got a list. Yeah, Sandra Cato, who is the wife of Paul Cato, who oh, yeah. is pretty well known around these parts. I'm going to run out of the candles here. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and Farrah Lee Vickery, who uh, is part of WEDU. And happy birthday to Christy, Larry, Frank, Trent, John, Jackie, Tom, <laughs> Christopher, Rick, Sandy, and Farrah Lee. <laughs> Can't say all that without passing out. you got to take a breath. <laughs> yeah. And what have you got? I have Bobby Sylvest, Janelle Myers. Oh, Bobby Sylvest having a birthday today. Yes, today is his birthday. I don't know why I didn't have his. He's an old buddy of mine. I think he recently made a new Facebook or something. I'm not sure. Yeah. I, you're one of my mutual friends, so that is weird that he didn't pop up. But yes, it is his birthday today. Janelle Myers, Preston Dukes, and one of my students when I used to teach, Lamar Robinson. Ah. Yeah, it's his birthday as yeah, well. Yeah, I, I used to work with uh, Bobby doing sports and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. Really nice guy. And how about you, James? You I've got, got John Santoro and Demi Turcotte. Well, happy birthday to them all. Yep, yep. Now, I've got some bad jokes from... Oh, goodness. They, these are from Ben Ritter. Ben gives us... Uh, it does give us jokes. A list of lesser-known knights of the round table... There was the knight who was afraid to fight, Sir, these are all starting with Sir, uh, Sir Render, the knight that no one believed, Sir Real, 
the night too big to sit at the table, Sir Round. The knight who designed the table, Sir Comference. The undercover knight, Sir Valence. The knight who was never killed in battle, Sir Viver. The knight who exceeded expectations, Sir Past. The knight who showed up unexpectedly, Sir Prize. Uh, the knight who overcame obstacles, Sir Mount. The knight who funded the kingdom, Sir Tax. Uh, the knight who kept the maps up to date, Sir Vayer. This all fit into one email. (laughs) (laughs) The knight who stood in for the king, Sir Rogate. Surrogate. The knight who stood out among the rest, Sir Perb. Sir Perb. The knight with a fragile ego, Sir Amick. The knight who performed in three rings, Sir Cuss. (laughs) Circus. The saddest knight of all, Sir Roful, Sir Roful, Sorrowful, Sorrowful, the knight who wasn't needed, Sir Perfluous, and thank you, Ben River. Yeah, thanks for that, Ben. <laughs> I mean, good, good there stuff. You go. Way to go, Ben. <laughs> Dave liked it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Dave. <laughs> he goes for it for sure. It's 610 on AM Tampa Bay, and uh, we've got a lot of big things coming up here this morning. Obviously, Aaron Real will be joining us, and Jay Ratliff. I want to talk to uh, Jay about this Bitcoin, and there's even talk that we're going to end cash as a monetary thing in America. I hope not. But Heading to the moneyless system. Yeah, well, let's hope not. Anyway, it's... Well, 6.11 now, checking in with John Thomas in traffic. Throwing it back with Jack on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. I thought this would be appropriate given that we've got a tropical storm coming through here. And this goes back to 1986 when I was doing mornings at WFLA Radio. And uh, on that weekend, Joy and I were spending the weekend on the beach, and Hurricane Elena came through, was coming through, and they called for evacuation of the beaches. And so we hopped in our cars and started heading back over toward Tampa, and the the roads were packed with people evacuating. I mean, it was worse than drive time because every road and street was packed with people, and this was late at night, about 11 o'clock. And as I drove over, I'm listening to our radio station, WFLA, and we've got syndicated programming on. So I told Joy to, uh, I was going to stop by the station, and she could go on while well, she headed on up to uh, way north of Tampa to with my parents stayed there during the storm we lived on davis islands and had to evacuate there anyway uh, but i went up in the station that night and i told them to kill the syndicated programming and i told the news guy to come in and start making phone calls and getting people on the air like the weather service and uh, the fire department because they were out doing rescue stuff Uh, But we were going to do a complete program on Hurricane Elena and its impact and what it's doing in the Bay Area. Smart idea. Yeah, because you had all those people out there in cars and everything. And uh, I've stayed on the air all night. And when the morning guy came in, I told him to keep doing exactly what I had been doing. Don't do his regular programming, but... Uh, you know, put people on the air, have people call in. That was a big thing. People were calling in all night, telling what was happening where they were as a result of uh, Hurricane Elena. And the boss loved it and decided to turn WFLA 
into an all-news station, all-news and talk, which I didn't like that at all because I enjoyed playing records and doing bits and things like that. And I said, no, no, don't do that. And I ended up getting fired (laughs) back in 1986. But that was one of my favorite throwback stories. Fortunately, I was able to get a job with the Q Zoo then at Q105, where I stayed for a couple of years before coming back over to our FM. And then ultimately getting on our AM and working with Ted Webb and and uh, AM Tampa Bay and whatever it is we have now. <laughs> so clearly getting fired was a good thing. Yes, it was a good thing. <laughs> Blessings turned, in disguise. Turned out great. But that was how we began as a news talk station back then with uh, Hurricane Elena. And that is our throwback here. Not bad. Yeah. But we do have Nicole now. Fortunately, Nicole is nothing like... Elena. Yeah, I don't want to live here again. You don't want to what? I don't want to live here again. Uh, normally, Katie and I are part of the hurricane team, so they, they make us live here during oh, the hurricane. Oh, yeah. Oh, at the station, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want any part of that, but I think I'm going to dodge that bullet, hopefully. I think <laughs> I don't think we're going to have to deal with hurricane coverage, and I think I'll sadly be out of here before the next one comes through. Yeah, yeah I, I don't have to do it anymore, uh, Ryan Gorman does a great job on hurricane coverage. Yeah. Don't be sad. Plus, you live right down the road, so you can sleep in your own bed. We have to sleep on air mattresses. It's it's not a fun <laughs> time. It's good yeah. what we do, but it's it's exhausting. Yeah, we uh, well, we're in the top of a condo and got to worry about what the hurricanes are going to do there. And Joy's already put the the towels out and everything under the glass doors and uh, so it doesn't blow in thing. yeah yeah that's we smart. had to take all the furniture off the patio and all that stuff but we're ready for it and fortunately it doesn't look like it's going to have nearly the impact that we had expected but it will cause a lot of rain and wind and the other fortunately is it should be over by this evening yes that's the good news fingers crossed that's the case Yeah, we're going to have our, um, well, Aaron Real is going to be joining us in just a minute. We're going to be talking about synthetic blood is being made now. I don't know how they're doing that, but we'll find out. It's 6.20, time to check in now with John Thomas. Live from the WFLA studios, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It's 6.24 on AM Tampa Bay, and Aaron Real, our NBC News radio reporter, joins us right now. And Aaron, I understand from your advance here that scientists have now created synthetic blood. And I'm wondering uh, what this is going to mean. Are they ultimately going to be shutting down blood mobiles and things like that? Well, not anytime soon, no, because uh, this actually, this synthetic blood is mostly for blood types that are ultra rare. We're not talking about the A, the B, the AB, or the O. We're talking about very, very rare blood types that are necessary for people who depend on regular blood transfusions for conditions like sickle cell anemia. But it's pretty incredible stuff. So blood has been grown in a lab synthetically that has then been put into people in a world first clinical trial it's being done in the UK and it's a tiny amount about a spoonful and the average human has about 10 pints of blood and it's it's being tested to see how it performs thus far it's been successful and and this is pretty incredible stuff so they start with a normal donation of a pint of blood like you'd give it a, a blood mobile or a blood bank and then they use magnetic beads that fish out the flexible stem cells that are capable of becoming red blood cells. And these stem cells, they're encouraged to grow in large numbers in the lab. And they are then guided to become red blood cells. And the process takes about three weeks and an initial pool of around a half a million stem cells. That's results in 50 billion red blood cells. So this would be a real game changer for people who need regular transfusions and are of a very rare blood type. Yeah, it certainly would be. And, um, of course... I'm guessing if you had synthetic blood, you wouldn't be able to give blood at the blood mobile. 
No, and generally, if you're since this is for someone with a very rare blood type who also needs frequent transfusions, generally you would be excluded from blood donations anyway. But um, you know, red blood cells they normally last around 120 days, four months before they need to be replaced, and the body does this naturally. But donated blood, the kind at a blood mobile, just you know, people with the normal blood types usually give, and I shouldn't say normal, the more common blood types usually give. They, it's a mixture of old and new cells, which means that transfusions don't last the full time span of that four months. But the synthetic blood is all new, which means it's not going to expire as quickly, allowing more time between transfusions. And anyone who gets regular blood transfusion, transfusion can tell you that is a luxury beyond luxury. It's a really nice thing. Yeah, it certainly is. Where do you live, by the way? Where are you now? Uh, so I work in New York City, but I live in Connecticut. Oh, okay. So you don't have to worry about our uh, tropical storm coming through here. No, but we are going to get some rain this weekend from it, that's for sure. And, and here in uh, New England and, and New York, Northeast region, we certainly are, are hurricane-prone. We had Katrina about a decade ago. There was memorials last month. So we feel your pain, and you're in all of our thoughts, everyone down there in Florida. It's, it's, it's a difficult time of year, but we always get through it. Yeah, the East Coast got the bulk of it as a uh, hurricane, ultimately, but we're going to get a uh, tropical storm, and it's seeming like it's not going to be as serious as we thought it might be, so things might not be so bad here. Good, good. I'm happy to hear that. You guys need a reprieve. Yeah, definitely. Well, Aaron Rayel, our NBC News radio reporter, will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Jack. Have a good day. You too as good as possible and again you gotta watch out for that wind and the rain obviously and particularly if you're going to be on places like the sunshine skyway but uh, even though we dodged a major bullet we still are not away from the bullet totally true in the next half hour you got jay ratliff joining us and i want to hear from him on bitcoin because of all this talk about doing away with cash I'd certainly hate to see that happen. It's 628 on AM Tampa Bay. Let's hear about the dopiest dope of all the dopes of the day on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And it's 637 on AM Champa Bay and Katie, who is our dope of the day? Well, it is 39-year-old Matthew Meredith, who some people may know because he's a neighbor here. He just got a new place in St. Pete, although he's not going to be there very long. Uh So he decided to scam the IRS out of quite a lot of money, but his problem was he didn't keep a low profile after he did that. So the 39-year-old submitted five claims for a tax refund that totaled over $170 million in the IRS actually sent him a check for $6.3 million for the first claim he submitted. So he was like, this is working great. So authorities say Meredith used the money to buy a waterfront mansion in St. Pete. So he just got a new place right down the road. (laughs) And then he allegedly allegedly bought six luxury Mercedes-Benz. Who needs six Mercedes-Benz? Six Six Mercedes-Benz totaling over $800,000 for the six of them. You know, in case they run out of the gas on the first one, you go to the second one. Yeah, he just calls up his his housekeeper because I'm sure he got one of those too and was like, hey, can you bring me my other Mercedes? Uh, so insane. So he was under supervised release from a federal drug conviction at the time when he scammed the IRS, and now he's facing up to seventy-five years in federal prison. So he's probably five years. Seventy-five years. He's probably not living it up in the mansion right now. And if he's convicted, which chances are he's going to be convicted, he's going to owe all that money back. So I think he's going to have to probably sell his mansion, downsize a little, sell at least uh, five out of six of the Mercedes Benz. Yeah, and he's going to be in jail, so he won't need him. I can't believe that. Worked. I, prison. Can't, I can't believe the IRS actually sent him $6.3 million. Yeah, that seems like bizarre. <laughs> That's that, kind of on the IRS. Course, <laughs> the IRS now has got so many new people working, thousands yes. of new workers, but... How would they get scammed like that? I mean, that's ridiculous. If I got that much money, I'd be changing my name for a million, and then I'd be out. Absolutely. I'm I'm not going to go buy a mansion in St. Petersburg and buy six Mercedes-Benz. Like, you got to keep a low profile. I'm not like a professional IRS scammer, but I think I'd do better than Matthew Meredith. (laughs) 
I think someone at uh, the IRS is going to get in a little trouble for writing that check, too. Oh, my Do Lord. they casually yeah. just send out $6.3 million checks? Because, honestly, I'm kind of thinking about it now. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to talk to Matthew. Just yeah. kidding, IRS, if you're listening. I've, I've had step-parents. I mean, I had my mother remarried and my dad remarried. And I had three out of four parents working for the IRS at really? one time. Really? Yeah. That's funny. But I didn't work with any of them. <laughs> uh, and that's our dope of the day. And uh, we'll be hearing from Jay Ratliff here in a couple of minutes and get the word on Bitcoin and doing away with cash. And let's certainly hope not. It's 640 on AM Tampa Bay. And... Time to check in with John Thomas and traffic. Monitoring every tick of the market. Here's Jay Ratliff, day trading expert on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And Jay Ratliff on board here right now. And um, I see that markets had a uh, sell-off yesterday because of the election aftermath. Generally, yeah, the- Jack, that's what we're seeing because the uh, yesterday the, the markets dropped about uh, 200 points on, on the excuse me two percent over 600 points on the dow it's up just a little bit this morning but you and i talked about coming into the election how the investor sentiment uh, what was baked into wall street was the idea that the republicans would take some of the power away from the democrats we would have gridlock for a couple of years which is something that investors really like on wall street because not a lot of extreme things happen and it's a lot easier to predict as far as what's moving forward even though a lot normally doesn't get done when you're trying to part uh chart out the future of your portfolio and and the positions you need to add or subtract you've got a pretty clear idea of what could take place over that uh, two-year period of time when the election happened and you have all of these states that for some unknown reason can't count votes under a week, uh, all of a sudden now you've got a lot of uncertainty. Plus, the Republican Party did not do as well as expected. And as a result, uh, the unknown of what could actually be happening in, in Washington is leading a little bit into that volatility. And that's exactly what we're saying. Anytime there's uncertainty in the market, uh, you have a lot of people that will sell now and and buy later, just putting cash on the sidelines so they can figure out what's going on. But I can tell you the election really caught a lot of people on Wall Street off guard and I think caught a lot of us off guard. Yeah, because everybody expected a major red wave. Uh, of course, we still don't know the ultimate outcome yet fully, but um, I'm thinking that Wall Street would rather see Republicans in charge because it would probably be a little bit better for the economy. Many times it is. Of, of course, the recent memory with the Trump administration and Wall Street is really something that threw all the historical models on their head because it, it did so much better than what it had done before. You know, when you're talking about a conservative approach to government, you're talking about even though there's not been a, a much of a, a evidence of you know fiscal control because with both sides they just seem to spin, spin, spin. Even though they talk about every you know debate for any election about how it needs to be kept in check, and that was the one thing under President Trump I was a little disappointed in. I'm a big supporter of his, but the idea that the national debt was just allowed to continue uh, almost unabated really was a, a trouble issue for me because you, you simply can't if you're a family, if you're a city, a state, a country, you cannot allow debt to simply go unchecked like that and continue to print money, which we continue to do. And, and it's really unfortunate, and you're right, when it comes down to the election, you, a lot of people are thinking, gosh, how bad do things have to get before we decide that we need to you know, vote for some change taking place? But right now it's a situation where with the unknowns that we have on Wall Street, the softening economy, uh, an administration that seems bent on doing everything they can to stand in the way of small businesses, then it's going to be a very, very choppy ride. You will need that Republican side of things on the House to get, kind of help balance and soften the blow, if you will, of some of the things that are, are going to be uh, tried to be rolled out. 
because my, my big concern, personally speaking, is, okay, if this is the Democrats getting the message that uh, the country's okay with what we're doing and more, let's see how much more we can do in the next two years. And obviously, we don't want that to happen because it would impact the average family uh, far more than it has already, which is saying something. Hey, by the way, you mentioned uh, Bitcoin here. Um, and I see a meltdown continues, but the uh, president has been talking about uh, going to Bitcoin and doing away with cash. That, well, I mean, there, there's always been the discussion of trying to go with some sort of a digital currency, and that's one of the reasons that Bitcoin and all the cryptocurrencies, the hundreds of them, over the last few years have really gotten a lot of attention. It, it seems to be the next logical step in the progression. The problem is when you're dealing with the current Bitcoin structures we have now, any cryptocurrency, is it's not regulated. There's no controls. It's a matter of it's, it's just a great big group of people that are deciding what's the value of something and what someone's willing to pay for it. It was a year ago, you and I were talking about Bitcoin being at uh, about $65,000. And the thought was it was easily, according to the experts, going to go to 100000 And we had a lot of people jumping in when it hit 60000 and a little bit under, thinking it's about to bounce its way up. Well, since then, it has gone from 66555 to today's pre-market, uh, it's uh, down to 15630 So it has dropped significantly. And you're talking about an 80% drop in what the value of something was just a year ago. And, look, cryptocurrency remains just the same as it was a year ago, uh, very, very speculative. And, unfortunately, there were so many stories of people that at least they were saying about how much money they were making caused a lot of people to take money out of the conventional means uh, as far as their stocks and start throwing a lot of it into this digital currency stuff. And, look, if it's a small part of your portfolio and you're managing that risk, that's one thing. But people were taking loans out to buy this cryptocurrency and absolutely demolishing uh, their finances as a result because now it's worth a whole lot less than what they paid for it, and they don't know what to do. Well, we don't have time to do it now, but next week you're going to have to explain for dummies like me what Bitcoin is. I mean, is it something you carry around your <laughs> billfold or... Uh, how does Bitcoin work as opposed to cash? But again, we're out of time, so no problem. It's just an electrical payment. Think of what Warren Buffett says, Jack. He calls uh, cryptocurrencies the uh, rat uh, rat poison. So just uh, <laughs> it's something we normally stay away from. But I'll be ready for the next time we talk. Okay, explain to dummies like me what Bitcoin is and how you use it. <laughs> Jay Ratliff, our daytradefund.com. Before you invest, you want to go to there, that website, and uh, we'll talk to him again next week. It's 6.50 on AM Tampa Bay. Time to check in with John Thomas and traffic. The latest headlines, weather, and traffic every weekday morning. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It's 6.54 on AM Tampa Bay. By the way, this is something uh, Terry Longfrey sent me over the weekend, but a little meme out there. Change your clocks back on Sunday. Change your country back on Tuesday. <laughs> Very guess. patriotic. Yeah. yeah like yes, that. indeed. But thank you, Terry. Uh, let's see. One other thing I wanted to mention here, too. By the way, the Hillsborough County Fair was supposed to open today in Dover, and I've got a feeling that's not going to happen and james you just said they've uh closed the sunshine skyway because of winds yeah that's what i uh just read from our uh, producer team here i saw that coming hmm. i figured they were going to shut that down this morning yeah they generally do even uh with lesser winds than this but wind and rain uh it should be over by this evening but in the meantime you got to be really careful out there and try not to have to go out, uh, if at all possible. Hey, we got you got to check out our blog here now. This one, uh, I think it was Jeanette Whitworth who sent it to us. But what Sunday nights look like 60 years ago, and again, this is for the older folks who remember 
The Ed Sullivan Show. It is a really cool video to take a look back in time. Obviously, I was not alive 60 years ago. I no. wasn't watching much of the Ed Sullivan Show, but <laughs> it's cool to see all these things that I missed. Yeah, you missed it, and James did, too. I know. But... I'm telling you, I was born in the wrong time frame. <laughs> well, I was around then. I don't know about the next generation, but uh, it's excellent because it's got all of the great music acts they had on there. The Rolling Stones, Elvis was on there at one time. And I I remember the controversy over Elvis being on there because he was throwing his hips around. Shaking that leg. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there was all kinds of controversy over whether or not Ed Sullivan should have allowed him on the show. Just That's imagine so if those people saw the clubs today. Oh, my Lord. This little yeah. dance called twerking goes on. Yeah. And the Beatles. Beatles are on there. It's funny that people used to tune in for those music acts on those shows, though. Like, the TV shows that are on now, like the daytime TV shows and the TV shows are, that are on at night, like, they have music acts. Yeah. And sometimes they're pretty big, but nobody tunes in to watch them. I like Jimmy Uh-oh. Fallon. But you do you ever you watch it? Oh, yeah. Yeah? But I'll, not for the music acts. Sometimes it depends on if I if I enjoy the act and I want to see them alive. I would say you're in the major or minority though, yeah, which yeah. isn't. I love that you do that. I think that's amazing. But I would say the majority of people don't do that anymore like they used to. Well, you got to see. Go on down and check out Katie attempting the love challenge with Brian Fink and Sarah Jacobs. And real quickly, she's the, so flexible. How does uh, she, she do that? She is <laughs> unbelievable. And uh, the Lightning are at the Washington Capitals tomorrow night. Sunday, they'll be here with the Capitals. And then the Buccaneers hosting the Seahawks. But it's 9.30 Sunday morning in Munich. So if you want to go to the game, you got to go pretty far. Meanwhile, we'll see you tomorrow morning at 5, Veterans Day. Don't forget that. Veterans Day tomorrow. Four hours of Jack tomorrow, by the way. Oh, yeah. I got a four-hour shift. I don't know if I can handle that. That'd be fun. <laughs> like a throwback. It's 657 on AM Tampa Bay. Live it up. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.